You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky wanted to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join us on Friday, noon Pacific, to get in on the action. Uh, Andy, we are uh, continuing today our series on potential guys that could come to the Lakers in the draft on the 29th. We've got a, a preview that we did with Eric Kane of Locked on Vols with, on Jaden Springer, who worked out actually over yeah. the weekend with the Lakers, so good timing on that. He's one of the youngest guys in the draft, maybe the youngest, but certainly close. He's 18 he, still. I, I was going to say, he is comparable to what, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker was when the Lakers drafted him, who he was exceptionally young, even by one and done standards. Jaden Springer is going to turn 19 a couple months before the season begins. So he is a really, really young guy. But we got to start with uh, the the big news of the weekend. Uh, we no longer live in a pre-Space Jam, a new legacy world. We officially live in a post-Space Jam, a new legacy world. We live in a post-Space uh, Jam, a new legacy world that opened big. It, it had did. A, almost a $32 million weekend. That's despite the pandemic still being a factor. That's despite it's uh, simultaneously streaming on HBO Max. It outperformed the initial expectations for the weekend by about ten to twelve million dollars, it actually it's the number one movie of the weekend. It knocked Black Widow off. So all in all, it was a really good weekend for LeBron, who was at uh, Game Five, by the way, with his glass bottle of tequila, his own tequila. I believe it's called Los Lobos under the chair. Like yeah, that's when you know you got some juice. Bring a I'm sure glass that's bottle. Really yeah, I'm sure that was totally accidental. Nothing intentional there. Um, but we have we have, I, we I have some questions, and we have some questions that we're going to answer here uh, about Space Jam, which we both saw over the weekend. We streamed it in from our homes. We did not see it in the theater, just so people know. Um, and I think the fundamental question, Andy, because both of us we talked, we read some of the advanced reviews on Friday during the show. Um, none of which were good. <laughs> no, they were all terrible. It is currently sitting right now at thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, the the rest of the reviews that came in did not bump up the average. It does. No, it does have, by the way, an A minus cinema score, which and means that audiences seem to have enjoyed seem it. To like it, and the people but, are more important than the critics. Yeah, it is um, not a critics. I, I had I had very low expectations based on what I was seeing. From critics, based on what I was seeing from people I I know on Twitter, and I know their tastes a little bit and all that, um, and so I, I wasn't quite sure what to expect when it came to answering this critical question: Is the new Space Jam better than the first Space Jam? Low bar to clear. The it's original good. Space Jam is crap. It's not good. So I would say first, yes, it is definitely better than the original Space Jam. Andy, do you agree? Yes, I think it is a better movie. I think it is more fun. I think it is faster paced. I think it has better animation, better technology. And at worst, it is a draw between MJ and LeBron in terms of the lead performance and how good they are. I want to let people know as we start digging into this, there will be spoilers. Yes, the there movie. could be. To whatever degree you care, and frankly, you shouldn't because there's really nothing to spoil. Like you're not going to learn 
whose head is in the box and there's not really there's, a, there's no there's not a head in the box moments. Yeah. I mean, but if there's you, not if, even an Einhorn is Finkel, Finkel is Einhorn kind of thing. Right. Like, but, none of that. but if you want to be completely uninfluenced before you see the movie, skip ahead to the Jaden Springer uh, preview. And then after you see the movie, come back to hear us talk about it. But I don't really think it's necessary, but you do you. <laughs> we just we we just don't want to upset anybody. But um, yeah, it, it it's I think a better version of I think it improves upon the original by quite a bit actually. Even though I mean it's not a great movie per se. I'm not entirely but is it better. Sure it's, yes, it's necessarily even a good movie. Like if you're thinking about like, is this a movie that is like constructed well with like a really good script. Like I don't even mean like it guys come on. It's a kid movie. I've seen a, a thousand I have three children. I've seen a thousand kids movies. Some of them are put together really well with great scripts and excellent writing and all that. This movie doesn't have a lot of that. <laughs> and then some of them are ice age five, which oh I saw God. in the theater yeah, as a father. Right. This they, one is in the middle. Yeah, it's, <laughs> not, it's, it's, not a, it's not a great movie. It ain't Pixar. It ain't Angry Birds. It's no. In <laughs> it's in that, that, that nice middle between yeah. them. But it's it's reasonably successful in what it try what it's trying to do. Uh, my 11-year-old, we watched most of it last night. Then they went to bed and I finished it. Like, they liked it. It's, it is way more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. My 10-year-old daughter, who is not into Looney Tunes, really, like she's seen them a bit, but they're not really her thing. Like most kids of her generation, the Looney Tunes isn't something that they seek out. And, you know, she's very aware of LeBron because of what I do and stuff like that. But she's not a sports fan. She's not a basketball fan. Um, she really liked it. Like she watched, she watched the whole thing, got really into it. Um, she has a friend spending the night before camp uh, tomorrow or today, as you hear this. And I heard her uh, IMing with her friend or, or FaceTiming, and she was asking her friend if she wanted to watch it. So, and, and from what I'm reading, the under 18 audience for this movie was pretty strong. So, so they, it seems yeah. like they've managed to reach a fair amount of generations with this thing. Um, and I will say the one thing that I really appreciate about this, the one of the worst things about the original Space Jam was the way that the Looney Tunes were treated. As somebody who grew up um, on these characters, they they if you go back, like they have no resemblance to the, to those Looney Tunes. It's like some sort of like wacky new version. They sucked. It was an abomination what they did to the Looney Tunes in the original one. This one felt like a. I, I almost like I think I compared it to like the Rams new Rams uniforms. Well, it's like. They're updated, but you recognize where they came from. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of what I felt about these Looney Tunes. It was much better. So kudos for that. Question number two, Andy. What did you like about it? What worked? What didn't? Uh, well, there's two characteristics of it that can be linked back to one thing. And Don Cheadle as the villain, uh, Algae Rhythm. Algorithm, oh my, Andy. See oh, what they did there. Yeah, I do. I, I get it now. Um, oh my God, <laughs> he's amazing. <laughs> like he is so committed to this character. Like he could have absolutely just phoned in a condescending, you know, cash grab performance. And instead he is funny. He's really weird. Like he, he really leans into the weirdness of this thing and he is so committed like, I have a feeling, Brian, because the movie's been so panned, you could see Don Cheadle get nominated for a Razzie 
Don't do this, Razzie voters. Like, seriously. Oh, no, it would be totally unfair. Don Cheadle, like, when you consider everything he's working with, like the absurdity of this premise, most of his scenes, if not all, are opposite either kids, green screens, or LeBron. Like, in his own right, this should get him in the Oscar conversation. Like, he is... Sir, I, I, this is not an exaggeration. Like he's amazing. I'm convinced <laughs> virtually every other legitimate actor in Hollywood would have done the wink and nod thing. Yeah. Like, look, we all know I'm here to collect a paycheck and all that. Cheadle does none of that. No, it is pathological how seriously he is taking this role yeah. um, <laughs> and how deeply invested. Like, if you're like an acting teacher out there and you have kids in your class or, you know, in your university, whatever it is, and you, you know, you're doing your Uda Agen, you know, <laughs> seminars for people who just moved out to LA, show them this performance yes. because it's not because it's the best movie, but if you want to see a guy go just absolutely balls out on, on a thing when <laughs> yes. he, that he does not have to. He could have half-assed his way through the whole yeah. thing. He puts the whole ass in there. Like he, he like is three other asses. Like he all, is, every ass is in there. He is no less invested in this role than he was, like in Boogie Nights or Out no. of Sight or Hotel Rwanda or like all these things. It's it's staggering. Yes, it really is. Um, um, and along the lines of that weirdness, Brian, like as I said, Space Jam: The New Legacy is not a great movie per se, but it is not only better than I expected, it is way weirder than I expected, like in a good way. My, my daughter described it. There's a lot of chaos happening. And some of the, some of the scenes of chaos, I think, you know, almost work in spite of themselves because they're just so all over the place. It's some busy. Of it, yeah, it's busy. <laughs> busy some, film. Some, some of it settles down, and, you know, like and falls into a groove. But either way, like, it's whether intentionally or not, it's weird in a way that makes it feel more subversive. It definitely is more watchable than like the first one, which is much more straight laced. Like it is a in a good way, weird movie. <laughs> like it's kind of strange. Different, I've seen different people interpret this different ways. I kind of like that they that it is a self-aware acknowledgement of like, okay, this is not a movie that has to be made. Um, this is not a movie that need to be done. It is, it is kind of a giant cash grab and a way to flash a bunch of Warner Brothers IP and do all yes. like, I, it, they, they don't hide that. And but like I the like how they did it. I actually enjoyed how premise of the film is that. Um, all right, let's, let's, let's take a break. We've got a couple more questions that we want to ask about Space Jam, uh, including what this means for LeBron James as a potential movie star. And don't laugh. Because strange, like stranger things and stranger people have become movie stars off of uh, less success than this. So we'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Bars covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, not like the deadbeat ones that are literally a chore to get through. It takes like three hours with a chainsaw and it's just, you don't want any part of those. But Built Bars, they're healthy. They are great if you're trying to lose or maintain weight, but you still want to eat something that tastes awesome as a snack. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're great for keto diets. You got the 12 original flavors like raspberry, coconut almond, salted caramel, banana bread, new flavors like cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, cookies and cream. They're great for somebody like me who just loves really cool taste combinations, a new, unique. You're never going to get bored feeling like you're eating the same thing over and over and over with Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Again, the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
you know, you talk about Cheadle, who is absolutely, I agree with you, Andy, one of my favorite parts of Space Jam. He might be the reason the thing works. Other things I liked about it, I thought the way that they used the IP throughout was not always great, but I loved the way they did the basketball game. My favorite part of the use of the IP was how they did the basketball game where they're just people from Warner Brothers films in the crowd watching. So like Cheadle's coaching and yelling and screaming and the penguin is just standing right there. <laughs> or or Jim Carrey's character Jim from the Carrey's mask the or the mask. Like, various Jetsons, Captain Caveman, the Droogs from A Clockwork Orange, Beetlejuice, uh, all these different DC characters. Like they're just hanging out watching this there. thing. Exactly. I, that, that to me- Tony Soprano. The most effective way <laughs> that they used IP. Oh yeah, I, I, it's actually a lot of like the spotting these people is actually a lot of fun in this, and you know I I think I like the way they use some of the Warner IP better than you, but I agree that part of it was really fun, and, and I I think a, a very good way of using eye candy. I also enjoyed in the beginning uh, when they show little LeBron uh, developing his mindset about how the importance of hard work and also uh, that video games and basketball don't mix. Um, I enjoyed that Wood Harris played his coach because it felt like a more wholesome version of when Avon Barksdale coached that East for, right. uh, Baltimore <laughs> versus that, West Baltimore too. game in the wire, um, which I, I that has to be a non-coincidental casting choice. But I I thought that was really fun. Um, yeah, that, the, that, uh, again, the the, the um, self-awareness of of noting that this is just a gigantic IP money grab, I thought was yeah. appropriate. You have to acknowledge that. Yes, absolutely. Um, what didn't um, for you? Um, I mean, you know, as you said, the the story I think is on balance better than the original, but you know, it ain't Citizen Kane. <laughs> and, uh, other than some good one-liners from Don Cheadle and who knows how many of those were improvised, the dialogue could have used some punching up. Um, what did you think of LeBron's performance? Um, I thought it and was... And that's a loaded question, given that we're in the negatives. <laughs> um, I think it was okay. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. He actually, I think, had a harder thing to do than people are going to give him credit for. Trainwreck, for example is a movie where LeBron is technically playing himself, but he's not really. He's playing a parody, kind of a mock-up, a send-up of himself Yeah, that allows him to essentially play a character whose name is LeBron. Like, LeBron's got a potty mouth. LeBron will right. curse. LeBron, you know, will say things that are off-color, but, like, you can't in this movie. Right. Um, I, 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 thought was, I thought he was fine. I thought, I thought he was fine. Yeah. He was neither great, but he was not awful. Um, I actually thought this movie did something really smart compared mm -hmm. to the original, which was LeBron ends up spending a lot of time as an animated version of himself, like in a purely animated world with all the Looney Tunes. Right. And I thought beyond the fact that it allowed the Looney Tunes to be more of the Looney Tunes and have like more of that anarchic, you know, spirit that we grew up with watching them. I think it lessened the burden on LeBron to have to quote carry the movie as much. You like can, you know, he can animate yes around. Yes. You know, like he doesn't have to emote and use his face. Yes, and exactly, exactly. I, I actually, I actually, I, I would imagine that that was intentional, and I think it was a really smart way to do it. Um, 
So that that I think it's that's interesting with LeBron. That said, though, I mean, the opening that he had, it shows that LeBron could likely find some success doing movies. As much as he stepped into an established property, it also reflects his popularity. All right, like, so let's like, get to that. Like, he's this, the last question. this is the last question that we have on, on the Space Jam portion of today's episode. Uh, does this mean LeBron James can be a movie star? Because you mentioned it at the top of the show, Andy. It's a 30-something million dollar opening, way better than expectations. Um, you know, LeBron basically sent out a tweet this weekend with those stats, like, you know, suck it, haters. Um, <laughs> and, like you know, and like, you know, you can laugh all you want, but like, look, my movie did really well. Um, he's, but it is an established price. Okay, so I'm terrible at this, but like, I'm still skeptical that this makes LeBron James a potential movie star. But I do think he's off to a better start than like Shaq. Well, it, it's um, and Shaq it's, got to make more than one movie. If LeBron, right, it means that he gets to keep making more movies. If he I, I was going to say, it's interesting, Brian. You said that because the the weekend train, uh, the weekend that uh, the new Space Jam opened happened to be the weekend that was the 25th anniversary of the Shaq trade, sending him to the Lakers. And you know, Shaq was already doing movies by that point, and. One of the one of the draws to him for becoming a Laker beyond you know competing and all that stuff was the ability to do things like this. And Shaq and LeBron were like two guys that people in the industry thought could legitimately be at the center of movies. But as Shaq showed, like you said, the returns could be all over the place. LeBron is off to a better start with his movie career than Shaq ever was because Trainwreck is a better movie than Shaq ever appeared in. I mean, like the best movie he was ever a part of when Shaq was really being able to showcase just being Shaq was Blue Chips. And I mean, it's fine, but it's not a great movie. Trainwreck is, a- but it is the best. I mean, it, right. it, it's, the, it, my other options are Steel and Kazam. It's the right, best. Right. And, you know, Le- LeBron had a better opening than Shaq ever had. You know, I mean, Kazam, I think, is the, the best grossing movie of Shaq's ever. Entire gross was like 25 mil. So, I mean, even if you take into account inflation, all that stuff, LeBron is doing better than them. It doesn't mean that he guaranteed Brian can be a movie star. Like, I I think that would be a stretch to take from this opening. But I do think that it suggests that possibility is there. And I think LeBron's going to have to be particular about the way he does this stuff. He's Mm going to have to be choosy, you know, but at the same time, he's experienced with doing this stuff. I, you know, he's, He's a well-established producer. You know, he's, I think, got pretty good taste in material. That's what, okay, what you just mentioned there, and this gets, this is actually a subject that I, I think we we should cover, you know, certainly before the season starts, we have kind of a little bit of off-season to play around with. Part of the reason LeBron can be a movie star if he wants to be a movie star is what we talked about before, like the the, not just the success of this, making it possibly can do more. You just mentioned it. His juice as a producer, his influence as you know a, a guy in entertainment. Spring, the, Spring the Hill, his production about company, to become like a billionaire, dude. Spring Hill, his production company, might be getting sold. The valuation of it is three quarters yes. of a billion, seven hundred fifty yes. million dollars. That's and so. It's incredible. If he wants to, LeBron 
LeBron can do whatever the hell he wants. If he wants to buy a sports team, he can buy a sports team. And, and ultimately, I mean, like an NBA team, and ultimately will, I think, once he retires and that kind of thing becomes legal. Um, if he wants to buy himself a way to make movies, like he can do what he wants because LeBron at this point is such a massively influential person, not just in sort of the basketball zeitgeist or like the cup, but like, as a financial business mover, like LeBron is an industry and a powerful one at that. And if he wants to use point some of that industry because he thinks it's fun to put himself in movies, he can, even if other people aren't that interested, they'll still, he'll still, but I, I think there is a possibility here that with the right scripts and choosing the right stuff, I don't think he's got the same kind of charisma or even with the limited, like he's not going to be the rock. I don't think he can do that. Probably but not. he could make movies like Dwayne Johnson is a better actor than LeBron James. Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, then LeBron. Although I mean, to, to be eat. to be fair, in the beginning, nobody thought Dwayne Johnson was anything other than charisma, and he developed into you know Correct. better acting. And I think LeBron could. I mean, LeBron could obviously get better, but I right. just think ultimately you're probably going to be better at this. Than, but yes. but that doesn't. There's a lot of wiggle room between. Yeah. The, the Jumanji franchises and LeBron being able to find other things that he can do if he right. picks carefully. All right. Yeah, I mean, um, really quick, uh, okay, really sure. quick. First of all, um, yeah, with The Rock, just a reminder, that guy was acting well before he became a movie star. That was his day job as a wrestler. That was Correct. acting. Um, reminding people that today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little more this season. I want to go out with a couple observations from my daughter. Um, this was her summary of the movie, which I thought was pretty good. She said it's basically Wreck-It Ralph with basketball and old cartoons. So if that sounds like an appealing pitch to you, you should see this movie. Also, she was outraged by how much cheating happens in this game on both sides. And it's a tradition carried over from the original. Like, it's a weird theme that basically cheating pays when you can't win honestly cheat and the most outrageous, elaborate means of cheating possible, the better. Like the bigger, yeah, the better I mean, when it comes to cheating. It happens because not only are these, but like, you know, again, spoiler alert, like you do, there's like the boosts in LeBron's kids' video game, which changed the scoring system. And then, and then there's just flat out cheating. Yeah. Um, but that's and then the, the other thing. The Looney Tunes are allowed to yeah. do that. Because and then the other thing was, without having seen the original, she didn't understand why it was called Space Jam. Which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, we will get back into our uh, previews for potential draftees for the Lakers. If the with the twenty uh, second pick on in the draft on the 29th, we'll uh, do Jaden Springer, who worked out for the Lakers this weekend, talking to Eric Kane, host of Locked On Vols, covered him in his one season, covered Springer in his one season at Tennessee. We'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. This week, tons of sports action on the go. Get all the latest news, odds, info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, UFC, MMA. Before the next pitch, head to Bet Online on your laptop, your mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game while teams are neck deep in the playoffs. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. 
Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so joining us now, Eric Kane. He is the host of Locked on Vols and the Sports Animal in Knoxville. Uh, that's the, the the flagship station for all the UT uh, sports out there. He also covers UT for, for rivals. Uh, he's going to break down Jaden Springer for us. Eric, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, guys, I appreciate you having me on. This guy is one of, I think, the more intriguing prospects out there because he has an interesting combination of age. He's very young, uh, still 18, I think. Yeah, he turns um, 19 a couple months before the season begins. So that's like Taylor Horton Tucker uh, territory in terms right. of even, how even young THT you are. can kind of call this kid kid. Um, but he was pretty productive in college. And so, but he also wasn't necessarily the frontline starter. Uh, with Tennessee this year. So when you look at him just sort of broadly, Eric, as a pro prospect, where do you think he is? Well, I think Jaden Springer is a guy that can be a little bit of a project. Um, he's got a lot of ability, as you saw at the NBA uh, Combine. He, he can you know jump out of the gym. He's got uh, ex- extreme hops. Um, he can he can handle the ball. That's probably not his strong suit, but he can, he can drive from elbow down to the blocks and, and seek out contact and stuff like that. But, thing that I like about Jaden Springer is and what I see a lot of uh, NBA guards doing when they drive you know you're not going to you're not going to uh, pass on just the mid-range jumper uh, he he will stop and he, he'll work that mid-range an awful lot and it's something that you know he struggled with at times at Tennessee but I think he got better and better as time went on but you know d- defending he I wouldn't say again that's his strong suit but he's capable of defending a, a couple different positions um you know he can shoot the long ball he he shot over 43% from three point range at Tennessee and it's interesting too because uh, again, when he got to Tennessee, he didn't start initially. But you know, by about you know may- maybe three or four weeks into the season, he was a starter. He started you know pretty much every SEC game, and um, you know playing for Rick Barnes, it- it's tough. Uh, you're asked to do an awful lot, asked to be very unselfish, and so you know, he certainly went out there and scored you know 25 plus a couple of times. And some games he you know set around you know 10 points and, and six rebounds. That's the c- kind of player that. Jaden Springer is, and he can he can bring a lot to the table. Okay, that's really interesting. Just in in what you got into right there, you mentioned two things that run pretty counter to a lot of the scouting reports and stuff that I was reading heading into this. First, you mentioned him jumping out of the gym, and a lot of what I've seen has described him as a pretty average athlete by NBA standards. And you also describe defense as not one of his strengths. And all I've been reading is that it is like maybe his best best strength. Yeah. So I guess w- with that in mind, is he either A, a player that can be difficult to get a beat on just because of how young he is or whatever, or is he somebody that you think the national perception of for whatever reason has not been correct? Well, I think a lot of it too is he was coached by Rick Barnes. And two things about Rick Barnes. Number one, if you don't play defense, you're not going to play. Um, and, and number two, I know he's not a true point guard, but if you're a point guard – Rick Barnes is so tough on his point guards. Those are the two things about about Rick Barnes. And so no one was playing good defense last year, you know, according to Rick Barnes. And so maybe some of my evaluation is kind of stemming from everything I've heard in the media sessions from Rick Barnes. I mean, certainly he's not bad. He can he can get out there on the perimeter. He can he can uh, help out in different other spots. And so I, I think that would be one of his strengths. But you know, for Rick Barnes, it's 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 always got to get better. Always got to get better. And that's why he's one of the better you know developers. 
uh, in the college game. And so um, he, he's got good athletic ability. And again, I mentioned the, you know, the, the vertical jump at the NBA combine, of course, I mean, that's nice and everything, but that's not everything, but he can go up and get rebounds. He certainly helped Tennessee out on the boards this year, not as much as uh, a fellow swing man and, and Josiah Jordan James, who, you know, will likely go into the NBA draft next year, but a guy that will crash the boards and do what he can to help the team out. And um, you know, Tennessee had a lot of deficiencies uh, this season, and Jaden Springer was able to kind of overcome a lot of that and, and and put Tennessee in a position to be competitive in a lot of games and, and help Tennessee win a lot of games, and certainly a lot of games that Tennessee probably should have won more easily than, than not. You mentioned the 43% from three-point range, which is obviously a great figure, especially for somebody that young. Um, it wasn't on terribly high volume, but the Lakers are obviously in, in need for real need for some outside <laughs> shooting. How well do you think that would translate as a pro, you know, going in at age 19 then into the NBA? Um, and do you actually think that like there's room for him to become like a legitimate uh, three-point threat in the NBA sort of year in, year out? You know, he did... <laughs> Three-point shooter doesn't is not the first thing that jumps out to me when I think of Jaden Springer. I mean, certainly capable. We, we mentioned the average. A lot of time in Tennessee, it's just shoot it. Just, just go ahead and shoot it. And he he'd be timid, and he would he would take the pass, or he would go for that mid-range. And so I think a lot of the stress was on him to actually become more and take more of those shots mm-hmm. because again, it was very effective. And Tennessee really wasn't a very good three-point shooting team overall. So I think certainly if you get into that league and you work with a team like the Lakers or, you know, whoever, whoever he's drafted by um, and you work to, to make that more a part of your game and kind of more of what defines you at this level, of course you want to be good at everything, but if you're really good at one thing, you know, in, in the NBA, you're going to stick on a roster because th- there's a need for you. So uh, certainly I think if he works, he, he can become that thing, but there's more, there was certainly a lot more to his, his game in college uh, than, than just shooting the three-pointer. In, in terms of his overall offense, what would you say are the best strengths of his in the areas that need to improve more? Well, I think um, he's a good free-throw shooter, and so you'd like to see him you know, seek out more contact and get to the rim a little bit more, um, which, he, which he did at times, and, and that, was, that was good. Uh, again, three-point shooting was, was, was a strength. He just needs to do a little bit more, maybe confidence, and maybe it's because, again, as you guys have mentioned, a guy that was you know, in high school the year before, he was a true freshman. It was – it was a COVID year to where you didn't have a normal offseason. You didn't need to go to all these camps and stuff. And so um, a lot of it was just new. And so maybe confidence was a little bit little bit of a factor in terms of just being more assertive for him. So I think you know being more aggressive, being more assertive would be uh, two things he needs to work on. But uh, the strengths, uh, again, I mentioned, it's something that he really, really worked on. And I think that it's something that can get better uh, in the NBA because the, the shots there is, is that mid-range. And I see mm-hmm. a lot of people – yeah, I see a lot of people at that league just you know, stressing the mid-range. And I think – Jaden Springer might have even saw that and started trying to incorporate that into his game. And again, it was a little slow to begin with, but I think as time went on, um, it, it certainly got better. He's, he's a really good ball handler. He's not a point guard, not a true point guard, but he can he can handle the ball and bring it down. And he doesn't turn over the basketball an awful lot. He's just a smart basketball player. And I think the more and more he gets reps and the more and more he gets coached, uh, the better he can become. One of the, the the great appeals, I think, of Springer would be his age, Eric. Obviously, you know, and, and the room to grow from there. But the the Lakers really do need somebody who can come in next year and and contribute. They can't afford to have very many dead dead spots on the roster. And I don't mean necessarily, you know, twenty five to thirty minutes a night. That's going to be really hard to do for anybody, any rookie that comes in. Do you think he though, even at that young age, would be capable of giving a steady, you know? 10 to, 10 to 15 minutes. minutes a night, whatever that might be. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, certainly he works hard. Um, and again, he's he's good enough uh, in in all different areas of the game to just kind of be out there and, and and learn on the fly a little bit. I think that he's a guy that can come off the bench, you know, play some valuable minutes, give the starters a break. Um, I wouldn't try to you know overwhelm him as a rookie, and I'm sure. Mm-hmm. No, no coach. I mean, this is not, you know, a Kate Cunningham coming out. This is Jade Springer who's a different type of player. I, I think minutes would be, you know, restricted. But certainly I do think, to answer your question, he can come in and provide some quality minutes and help you out a little bit. I mean, is he going to come out and, you know, go you know, play 12 minutes and score 12 points? Not not every night, but, you know, some nights I think he could. Um, I, acknowledging this is not easy to do during any season that's been, you know, throughout a pandemic, a lot of stuff is remote by Zoom, et cetera. But – were you able to gauge a sense of what Jaden Springer's personality is like? Just because being a Laker is a very specific thing, and you spend a lot of time just in a fishbowl under scrutiny. There, there's just a lot of attention in general for players, and, and rookies will be no exception. Yeah, a lot of the stuff we did was over Zoom, and that's unfortunate because you don't um, get to truly feel like you, you get to know, especially with him too, he and Keon Johnson just – kind of ones and dones. And so it's a little unfortunate, but, um, but, you know, it's a guy that, you know, transferred to uh, IMG Academy and, and played some really, really good basketball. It's a great program, travels all over the country, plays, you know, before COVID plays in front of packed arenas and stuff like that goes into great tournaments. Um, he's played on a great AAU circuit. So this is a guy that's, that's been around great competition and been around, you know, kind of when the stakes are high. And so ultimately nothing's going to be like, you know what he's doing next season, of course, but um, I, I do think that you know his personality is a guy that won't back down and is very coachable, and a guy that wants to learn, a guy that's been there a little bit, but knows he's got a long way to go. And so uh, that's the type of player I think Jaden Springer is. And also, too, I mean, if you're part of the you know the IMG world, you're prepped. For they prep you stuff. for that. Yeah, yeah that's like, part that, of the that's, program. I mean, it's like a finishing school in a lot of ways, but for basketball. Like I and I don't I don't say that uh, detrimentally. I'm just saying that it's the mm-hmm. truth. You are being prepared for a life in basketball, and part of that is dealing with media, dealing with all the scrutiny that comes with being a professional athlete. Yeah, yeah. Same with basketball. Same with football. IMG does it with, with both both of those sports, and it, it carries a lot of weight when you go to when you go to that academy, IMG, because of reasons you just mentioned. You, they're going to play in the best tournaments. They're going to you're going to be hounded by reporters like myself calling about recruiting and stuff like that. And they coach you up on how to answer things and, and how to go about uh, this type of stuff more so than, you know, you get that type of training when you go to college and, and all that. But if you're getting this training before, and I don't think it was from the get go that it was absolutely, he was going to come in and be a one and done, but I think it was always more so he was than than he was, and he was never going to be a guaranteed lottery pick. You know, Keon Johnson, uh, another player, has kind of been his realm was like, okay, he's probably going to be a lottery pick. He's going to be right on that line. You know, Jaden Springer was this guy looks like he could be a first round pick, and if he comes out and has a good, has a good uh, you know freshman campaign, he's likely going to be gone. And so, um, yeah, I think he might have had that mindset the entire time and trying to get as much out of Rick Barnes as, as he possibly can. And uh, again, I mentioned the development with. Barnes in this program, a, a lot of it you see the the rewards, you know, coming in years down the line. Of course, you know, Jaden Springer didn't have that, so I think that he just tried to soak up as much as he could while he was there. And so, but mm-hmm. I, I do think that it was very important that the training and, and the coaching that he got at IMG Academy was kind of looking years and years in advance and has prepared him for this moment. 
My last thing for you, Eric, is you know in the SEC, you've had a chance to kind of see some of these guys go through when they play Tennessee, and obviously a lot of one and dones in a weird season. I don't expect you necessarily to have like super deep insight, but when you see, you know, when you saw him Springer play, you know, Trey Mann at Florida or um, uh, you know Cam Thomas and guys like that, how did he look relative to those guys? You know, did he fit in more polished, less polished? Yeah, you know, what was your evaluation there? You know, I always thought that he he held his own and he looked, you know, every bit as gifted, every bit as athletic, every bit as um as skilled as those guys. Some of these games, you know, it was such a weird year for Tennessee because you know, Tennessee had so much talent and the expectations were were, were through the roof. Um and, and the team just never, you know, whether it be COVID, whether it be injuries, whatever the case may be, the team just never gelled and came together and played as one. So a lot of these games, I mean, Florida, you know, beat the brakes off Tennessee in one of these games. Um, you know, t- Tennessee was, was well behind in a lot of these other games. And so at that time, it's not like he ever came out, was the was a full-blown leader and was rallying the troops or anything, but it's not like he looks scared either. It's just kind of mm-hmm. just going through the motions, if that makes sense. So, But there were games, um, you know, and those are tremendous players you brought up. And I, I think that you know, Jaden Springer looked, you know, every bit as as good as those guys in these games. But there were games to where Jaden Springer said, okay, you know, the, the offense has got to come from me today. It's not going to come from everybody else. And he would step up and and he was ready to roll. Awesome. Uh, Eric, can you hear him? He's the host on of Locked on Vols here on the network. You can also uh, get him in Knoxville on the Sports Animal, the official, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, Flagship, that was what I was the word I was trying to the radio word I was searching for. Uh for UT Sports. Uh he also covers the balls for rivals. Thanks so much, man, for doing this. We really appreciate the insight. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Anytime. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.